Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What did you make of the Bulls' quote, bounce-back game against the Cleveland Cavaliers? Are you buying the loss to Detroit as an outlier now, or is that pretty much an accurate portrayal of what this team is? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that the um, I thought the Detroit game was a, a fairly accurate portrayal of of who the Bulls are, and I thought last night was also a fairly accurate portrayal. I mean, they 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 played really hard in one game, and they didn't in the first one, and that's why they lost. And you know, they they don't shoot well. That's not a shocking uh, reality, two with 29 from three in the loss. It, they just didn't play well in that game. They didn't seem to to really uh, gear up and, and give it the old uh, college effort. So I think that's why they lost that game. The Bulls are a wildly inconsistent team. They were really entertaining last night. That was a fun game to watch. And it get, gets the double overtime, and they pull out a, a victory against the team they had lost to seven consecutive times. I I think it's the NBA. I think you can you can be a team that that can lose to Detroit one night and beat Cleveland the next. I think that's just the nature of sort of uh of the league itself. Weird things happen over the course of a season and the Bulls are are a wildly inconsistent team. Um I I they've got some good things about them, but their their record is their record for a reason. They started the season four and fifteen for a reason, and they've been trying to overcome that since then. And I don't know that they're going to be able to do it in the last twenty-three games of the year. But it's the it's the vicissitudes of any NBA season, the ups and the downs, and you would prefer them to be more consistent, but they're not. I think wildly inconsistent is a great way to put it, and it's always interesting to see what a motivated NBA team can do. I, I think the Bulls faced the Pistons at just the worst time. They were totally furious over the non-call in that game against the Knicks, and they came in, ticked off, and they took it out on the Bulls that night who kind of assumed that it's the eight-win Pistons. We'll just go through the motions and win this game, no problem. And then they were motivated because they took a night off, right? And they took on a Cavaliers team that really doesn't need that game on a Wednesday in Chicago in February. They didn't need that game. So wildly inconsistent. It's just wild when one NBA team is motivated that does not have nearly the talent as the other team. The Cavs are a far superior team on paper, but wildly inconsistent and crazy how that happens. This is what mediocrity looks like. One night you are losing to a team that has nine lost with nine victories all season long 
and the next night you are beating the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. One night you're breaking hearts, the next night you're making them race. This is the Bulls, 2023-2024, injuries and all. I don't think there's any predictability about this team, but I wouldn't get necessarily carried away after last night. It was great to watch. 74 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan playing 48 minutes. You see Io and Kobe come through with clutch plays. This was a lot of fun. They're always a lot of fun until maybe they disappoint you at the end or maybe like last night they come through in the clutch. They did that without Alex Caruso. They did that without a lot of players we know have been out for a while. But the 24-hour stretch between the Pistons game and the Cavaliers game, that is a microcosm of this season. Very low lows. And there's a few highs along the way. But this is still a team that is capable of playing themselves out of the play-in round. And if they do play in and they win, then they earn the right to be swept by the Celtics. So this is going to be something that uh, you look at and you think, all right, enjoy it while it lasts. Because they at least are highly entertaining while they're being wildly inconsistent. No, it's a valid question, uh, certainly on the minds of a lot of people. That's the voice of Casey Johnson. He'll join the guys at 7 this morning. Did you enjoy hearing Cody Bellinger's response to being asked if his return to the Cubs had anything to do with unfinished business after last year's late meltdown? That's that's it, honestly. I mean, we were so close last year. Really got banged up towards the end and, you know, fought, fought till the very end. We got so close and... You know, for me to come back here with the almost the same team, you know, to experience playoff in Chicago is something that I want to do, and it's something that I want to experience, and it's, you know, big part of the reason why I did want to come back here. Did you enjoy what you heard out of Cody Bellinger yesterday at Cubs camp? Yes, I did. I enjoyed every word, every sentence, every smile. I like the hat backwards. I like the casual approach. I like everything about Cody Bellinger because – he was saying it in a Cub uniform at the Cub complex. He was there in the fold, soon to be in the field again at the plate, doing what he did last year. Belly's back, and that is good news for every Cub fan, every Cub player, every Cub executive. This makes them legitimate contenders for the NL Central. This makes them probably better than the 83-win team that blew it down the stretch if they can stay healthy. There's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. There's a lot of ifs. They associated with the Cubs' health and other players have to come through. But all of the conversations and all of the hope, they're always based on one premise. Cody Bellinger would return. And yesterday that was made official. So the more he talked, the, the wider Cub fans smiled. And the more Scott Boris talked, the more I thought, well, what's he doing here? We'll get to that later. But, yes, everything Cody Bellinger said was a positive. Yeah, and he's motivated. He was motivated last year after the Dodgers had kind of given up on him and nobody else had signed him, and he's going to be motivated again because there is that huge potential contract out there for him if he can uh, replicate what he did last year. So, as you said, David, great uh, great day to be a Cub fan. Yeah, you know, I thought he did great. I really did. I, I thought that was a wonderful answer, and – Man, they were close when you think about last year. God, that was such a fizzle. And and they were, you know, they did. They were tired, and they ran out of relief pitching. And, you know, we all know what happened. Um, and it was close to being a great 
success, but it wasn't. So the idea that he's he's coming back and he wants to uh, he wants to get it done um, this time, be in the playoffs in Chicago. I, I don't know who wouldn't want to hear that. I thought it was uh, it was great stuff that that he had to say, and I thought that. Um, you know, it was a good question and a good answer, and I think everybody feels that way. I also like I like the way he talked about um, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong. I thought that was really classy and he, it was genuine, and I like that he's excited about council. I, th- I thought, and he said something like it's almost the same team, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Why was Scott Boris at the table with Jed Hoyer and Cody Bellinger when the Cubs held that news conference on Wednesday? Was that an olive branch extended by the Cubs or grudging acceptance of Boris's role in the game? It's a good question. I, I, I don't, I think, you know, Scott Boris probably can't resist a chance to get in front of the, the lights and make his, his uh, turkey and, uh, and thermometer reference, and and boy, they they seem to get a chuckle out of it. Both Jed Hoyer and uh, Cody Bellinger really enjoyed that he uh, used that terminology. And the guy can, you know, I'm probably prepared, but a metaphor nonetheless. And that's that's fun stuff. So, uh, not sure why Scott Boris was there. I I think his role in the deal was done. Maybe a reminder. Uh, to other teams, he did jump in with that bit about the soft contact that was interesting. And um, I, I I don't know, you know, unless he's just there and he wants to kind of hang around and take his moment, I, I don't know why he would need the uh, close-up, Mr. DeMille. I, I wasn't quite sure what he was doing there. But um, the guy still has some clients to sign. There's still some work to be done. I mean, keep talking. Keep keep getting better. I wouldn't stop now. Don't stop now, boys. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I think the, the, the two parts of the answers given in the question. But at the end of the day, Scott Boris still represents a lot of really good baseball players. So you do have to even sometimes bite your lip and just go ahead and – we asked yesterday – I don't know if it's during this segment, but we, we asked yesterday, yeah. you know, we expected Boris to be there. And I thought Boris would have like either a moment like before the press conference away from that setting right. or after the press conference. I, I didn't think he'd be sitting shoulder to shoulder. I mean, I expected Carter Hawkins to be up there, not Scott Boris. Well, I mean, right? Scott Boris might have a higher title than Carter Hawkins and the Cubs management no, no, right but I'm now. just saying, if you would ask me if there were going to be, if you had said beforehand, uh, okay, there's going to be three people up there, who's it going to be? I wouldn't have guessed Scott Boris. I Tom Rickus, Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins, anybody but the agent for the guy that you brought back and the agent with whom you called out just 10 days ago. That's what I like. I like Tom Ricketts calling out Scott Boris. I'd like that adversarial little public uh, back and forth. That's okay. It worked. Cubs won this one. That doesn't mean they're going to win the next one. I don't think they want to get cocky with Scott Boris. I mean, it is Hoyer one, Boyer uh, Hoyer one, Boris zero. Bellinger's back. That's all that matters. I was surprised though. I don't know. The more he talked, the more I wondered. Was, why is he talking? Why is he still talking? This isn't his press conference, is it? He lost. He's the losing coach. I, I just don't know why he was. 
saying all that he was saying. I respect his place in Major League Baseball. He's a power guy. He he is the most powerful agent in in baseball. And I and I think I respect Jed Hoyer being professional enough to give him a seat at the table. But from a from from our standpoint, whether I'm a fan or a member of the media, I had the same reaction. What is he doing there? You know, you normally when a guy signs, the agent's job is over. Was this a reminder that it's basically a one-year deal, and that and that you got my guy, but I want all of baseball to know he's back on the market. Probably next so, year. but why would the Cubs be party to that? I. I don't know why, why would the Cubs be complicit in reminding people of that? Yeah. Why would they give him that courtesy, professional or otherwise? I just don't think they needed to do it. I, I don't think there's is it's ever bad to be uh, extremely professional and have that professional courtesy, but I do think this was maybe going over the top a little bit. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, my God. That's a great question. That's the voice of Mark Grody. He will be here this morning live from the Indianapolis Scouting Combine. Would you be disappointed at this point if the Bears don't draft Caleb Williams? Has it gotten that far in the process? Yes, it has gotten that far. I would be disappointed if the Bears do not end up with Caleb Williams. I think that we aren't privy to all of the background checking and if they have checked in with his seventh grade biology teacher yet or what his role was in you know, the, the local why, whatever it was, whatever they do, those are things that they're going to do their due diligence. But what happened yesterday was significant. Caleb Williams answered a lot of questions via Pete Thamel on ESPN that people have been holding information that people wanted to know and have been holding against Caleb Williams sight unseen, unproven, unfounded, unfair. Now we know he has no problem with playing for the Bears. He is going to speak on Friday. He wants to be great. He loves Chicago. He'd love being a Chicago Bear. He has invoked the names of Walter Payton and Michael Jordan. He loves deep dish pizza, whatever. That doesn't matter. Dustin, don't get hung up on that. But I do think what happened was 
he lifted a lot of, he removed a lot of the doubts that maybe existed. He answered many of the questions that people had. And he also raised those expectations. So now I have it in my, probably balled up in my pocket. I'm in the, the virtual Sonny Weaver uh, every day. Caleb Williams, no matter what, if you're the Bears. And if it's anybody but Caleb Williams, I think it's going to be a disappointing draft. This might shock people. Hold on to your hats. If the Bears are going to draft a quarterback, then it better be Caleb Williams. It, it, I don't want it. There's also some talk. Like, That's are a pretty we sure, sturdy limb there, buddy. Are, are we sure that, it, that Caleb Williams is the guy? Is there any chance that they could go crazy? Right? No. No, it's either Caleb Williams or stick with Justin Fields and build around him. If you're going to trade back a little bit and then draft a quarterback and get some assets. But, you know, going back to the whole Justin Fields, why why would the Bears get rid of the entire offensive coaching staff other than the tight ends coach or the assistant offensive line coach if Caleb – if Justin Fields was the problem. I heard that asked yesterday by Lewis Riddick on ESPN. Because they both were bad. Because they both were disappointing. You can be both. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just I'm just saying. But if, if you're gonna draft, if the Bears are gonna draft a quarterback, then yes, I would be disappointed if they drafted a quarterback other than Caleb Williams. But I still would love to know what the Bears are being offered for that pick. If anything. Well, I think it's a really interesting um, thing that you ask there because I think there's a couple of things. Caleb Williams talked and he answered a lot of questions. He's going to talk on Friday. He'll answer a lot more. He's not going through any of the medical stuff in Indy, which is curious. He doesn't want to do any of it. He, he's you know he's going to get drafted by one team. He doesn't think the league needs to know all his medical information. You know, this is part of the pushback that his father talked about with the draft process. And, you know, again, this is an NIL guy coming into the league with $10 million. This is not a a regular college quarterback coming into the league. This guy's been paid before, and he's going to – there is an element of rewriting some of the rules here. And, you know, the reason they have the combine in India is for the medicals. He's not doing the medical stuff. That's that's, – that is – I don't think that's a red flag – I don't think he's got any major issues or injuries or anything like that. It's just different. It's just a different type of thing. The other thing, did you see the teams that he's talking to? So he's talking to the Bears, obviously, and Washington, his hometown team. That's one, that's two. But he's talking to Minnesota. They're like picking 11th, right? He's talking to the Jets. They got Aaron Rodgers, and they're picking 10th. I'm just curious as to how – this list of teams what it is with this group of teams that he's going to be interviewing with if if the bears are taking him number one overall does that mean one of these teams are gonna come charging up and try to get him does that mean that there's there's a chance that he could slip past the bear i'm just trying to you know i i mean really he should come to the combine, talk to the Bears, or he doesn't even have to come to the combine if he's not doing any of the medical stuff. Does that mean they're not going to measure him? Does that mean we're not going to know his exact height and weight? And I all think that there's stuff? certain things you have to take part in, though. I think the, the measure. I thought the medical was one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the medical. I've never the, heard of a player not doing any medical. Yeah, I, I also think that like the teams that he visits, 
visits with. Or you, you use those meetings for a lot of different reasons. I agree. And you never know your second contract or you don't know relationships with people, et cetera. You also want to make statements that might be bluffs if you're the Vikings. Well, we're willing to move up. We are thinking about quarterback because that's a position that's unsettled now. All kinds of motivation. It's just it's it's it, these are just things that go yeah. through your head. Yeah. But at this point, yes, I'd be disappointed if they don't take Caleb Williams. I feel like they're set up to do it now, and they're leaning toward it. It's going to happen. The day I get a positive question from you is the day that I'm going to be happy. That's the voice of Justin Fields. What did you make of Justin Fields' manager and Instagram feature of a shirtless player smiling, clapping, jumping around in celebration? of Ryan Poles addressing trading the player. Is he not in that gray area? Oddsmakers have installed his hometown Falcons as the favorite over the Steelers for Fields' next destination. Well, he was happy. He, he you know, look, for a guy that's unfollowed the Bears, who's unfollowed the NFL, who is going on vacation and doesn't want to think about football, he apparently heard everything that was said and uh, and wanted to express this Mario Nunez is his manager and runs, I guess, his Instagram, and he posted a, a, a thing about going hometown or something. Didn't he write something like that on it? But you see Justin Fields, he's clapping, he's smiling, he jumps up and down. He's pumped up at the idea that either he's leaving the Bears or he's going to Atlanta, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, that was really, it was just interesting for a guy that has supposedly unplugged and doesn't want to be making a statement. That's a pretty strong statement of, of excitement at the idea of, uh, of his uh, gray area ending. Yeah, and he was wearing gray sweatpants for what it's worth in the shirtless. Instagram video. He was shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> the quote, Mo, you're referencing is, you ready to go home, question mark? Right? He was being asked. Definitely him. That's him. Ready to go home. Yeah. I, I mean, it's all it's all moving in a, in a direction that Justin Fields is no longer going to be QB1 of the Bears. Unless Justin Fields is helping try to drive up that asking price no, for the Caleb Williams it, it, pick. It, it I, David, yeah, I'm, right, just, right. I, I'm just I'm playing, I'm playing around. It's a really interesting tactic that mm-hmm. that's been put out there. For everybody, I mean, everybody's seeing it. Everybody's oh, yeah. consuming it. We just played you the audio. You're hearing it. Um, it. It's wild. I mean, but he also said, right on the on the St. Brown Brothers podcast, was it there that he said like going home isn't always the best idea? Yeah, he said his phone's going to be blowing up. He's going to be worried about a couple tickets, hundred tickets every week and things thing. like that. But I think that also might be the least of his worries if he's going to get an opportunity to be a starter for a team that he grew up you know, rooting for. And speaking of the betting part of this, just really quick, some sports books have already taken this down. Mm-hmm. The, the, the possibility of him going to the Falcons. You can't, it's certain depending on where you invest. What would be the reason for that? They, they think they know it's a, like a done deal. So it's that far along. It's that far along. Yeah. I think that there's a sense when you talk to people uh, on the beat in Indy covering the bears and people talked to a couple of people yesterday who don't cover the bears, the bears trading Justin Fields feels imminent. And they're on Justin Fields' watch. It does feel like it's a matter of when, not if. And could be sooner rather than later. And this Instagram video, uh, 
is odd just given the fact that it wasn't that long ago that he was telling us he was going to unplug and get away and not pay attention to anything going on with the Bears. And so, and I guess the video is not him reacting in real time. It's almost like a meme. It's a video it from last yeah. year that they're using under it's the a, guise it, of going It's home. a message. It's a message yes. that they're sending. It's a yes. message that they're sending that yeah. he's pleased by this. And it's certainly manipulating the uh, the, the medium to – get your message across. I find it uh, inconsistent with what he said last year, or last week, excuse me, and this isn't the gray area. This is black and white. He's happy to be moving on. There's no doubt about that if you trust what you see. If seeing's believing, Justin Fields is thrilled about moving on. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. All right, after the latest article by Crane Chicago Business, there's a suggestion that the Bears and the White Sox could or should work in conjunction with each other about the respective stadium projects. How feasible or realistic would you consider that? And what's the next headline in this quest? I think the next headline in this quest seems to be Sox, Bears consider sharing sight. Which to me is, is is radical. It to me is would be something that you I never really considered. But I don't know where this is headed, and I didn't anticipate this development. I want to give give it the weight it deserves. Cranes has done a nice job of being in front of this story, and if they are suggesting or causing us to speculate that the White Sox and Bears should get together or might be discussing this kind of joint venture, I suppose we have to consider the, the alternative. I don't think it seems practical. I don't think it seems feasible. I think, in again, to, to reiterate, the Bears got into this process, began it because they wanted to own their own stadium. They wanted to make their own money without a landlord or a tenant or a co-tenant. So I don't know if it makes sense. From Jerry Reinsdorf's perspective, it is maybe more feasible or doable because he's done it before with the Blackhawks, and he, that has been wildly successful for him. So that is... Uh, not as big of a leap to make, but I think for the Bears, doesn't make any sense to me. Well, my first question would be, is that big piece of land in Arlington Heights big enough, as we've seen in other cities, is it big enough to support two stadiums? With restaurants and bars kind of in between in a a natural outdoor grass space. Detroit style, where you have Comerica Park and Ford Field right there. Right. Is 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 that piece of land in Arlington big enough to support that? I, I don't. I, and I, I try to it say is. I don't know. It, it is it, okay. I mean, I so if it so. is, I believe it is. If it is, this could make a bunch of sense because there is in the budget, there is earmarked dollars to support these kinds of projects, just not a billion dollars, right. right? So could the Bears? still build their stadium, take part of the money from the state and the county and the city or whatever, and then the Sox do the same thing. But in the meantime, the Bears would be selling the Sox a portion of the investment they've already made up in Arlington Heights. Mm -hmm. And now you could really develop that 300 acres or whatever the number is. I mean, this could be wildly interesting, but I want to be consistent. I hate the idea of moving professional sports teams out of downtown. It wouldn't work on yeah, the 78th. Arlington, Arlington it, it Heights wouldn't better work. than Nashville. <laughs> I mean, 
right? Yeah, but if sucks. it could work yeah. at Arlington Heights, I could see two stadiums, not like working together on a project that would also have restaurants and you know bars and outdoor spaces and a mall and a casino and multiple hotels or, or whatever it is. But so that might work. It'd be like the North Siders and the Northwest Siders. Yeah, right. Um, I, look, I, I think my headline, my headline would be Sox willing to let state slash Bears pay for new stadium. <laughs> that would be what this would. I, listen, you want to talk about strange bedfellows? The Sox and the Bears getting together to make a pitch about money? I, I mean, really? That makes zero sense. That just, I can't even see Kevin Warren and Jerry Reinsdorf sharing an elevator, let alone sitting at a board meeting and trying to top each other um, over whatever they're going to get regarding the money from the state. I get why the state would say, hey, why don't you guys move together and come in here with a, I get that. I just don't see how it's going to happen. And supposedly they've met, right? Didn't it's didn't the story say that they the crane story said they've already met once? Weird. Just a real weird I, I would like to know the circumstances of that meeting. I would like to know if that was just like a Zoom. Was it or, a Zoom? Yeah. Something like, it, or was it lunch? I, I don't know how long it would have lasted. It, see. I don't see how that would you work. You can have a meeting in your car on the phone. It, it just depends. I so you'd have you'd have like the Bear Stadium there year round, a dome stadium that could host the Final Four and all that, and then during baseball season you'd have the Sox with another stadium like out in the back part of it, and, and that would be for well, yeah, very similar okay. to Detroit. You, how, how close they are together in proximity, I would imagine that would be the model. If that, it's a lot of talk about another rendering. I want to see the renderings. Yeah. Uh, it, that's, a, that's a departure I, I, it's, it is, from what we expect. That might be a bridge too far. I think that it's, it, it was surprising to read. It was. And, and hard to conceptualize. Yeah, it's really difficult to think about. But I'm, I'm sure Jerry, if he can get a billion from the Bears, a billion from the state, and, and maybe uh, put in about 50K, he might do it. <laughs> that might do it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.